Hello, Blood Bowl Grud here. Now I'm here to introduce you to the Tier 3 podcast. The podcast that has done for Blood Bowl what Nurgle's Rot has done for the sex lives of Pestigores. Enjoy! Hello, Akroiso y Podrenite Hain Tree. No, that is welcome to the Tier 3 podcast. I am your host, Jay. With me, as usual, is the man, the myth, gravy-stained warrior. It's Beard. Beard, do you want to say hello? Hello, everybody. How's everybody keeping? How are you doing, Jay? Oh, I'm all right, boss. I'm all right. I think we've got to start by saying thank you to everyone who listens. Oh, absolutely. Because at the moment of recording, we found out we have hit 10k plays which may not sound a lot to a lot of podcasts. To us, that is something amazing, and we want to thank each and every listener, because at the end of the day, it's two dickheads talking uh, Blood Bowl. And we're not even, like, good players. We're, like, the Wooden Spoon Warriors. So the fact that everyone turns up to listen to us ramble, we want to say thank you. Beard, do you want to add anything to that? I think you've covered it. Thank you to everybody who's listened. If you've been with us since day one... How are you still with us? I'm not quite sure. You might need uh, somebody to check in on you to make sure you're still all right. But thank you to every single one of you listeners. We wouldn't be still doing this if we didn't have listeners. So thank you from me and thank you from Jay. So let's give a little bit of background because I'm not quite sure whether we have mentioned this before. But when we started this, it was just us two and Griff just chatting shit, trying to get ready for Sin City. Yep. Up, in, uh, up in Derby, it was the two drunk flings hosting it. Prior to it being postponed due to COVID, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And it was basically, we were getting ready for that. We had our teams. We just said, right, don't want to sort it. We're going to go up there, have a laugh. And Beard and Griff would say, we talk enough shit. Why don't we just start a podcast? Because we're, we're talking Blood Bowl anyway, so why don't we? But me being a dickhead, I turn around and I said, right, okay, boys, put your money where your mouth is. And we'll start one. I'll record, I'll edit, let's just do it. So, uh, circumstances didn't allow us to have Griff uh, straight off the bat. Like, he came in once or twice, but it's been me and you now for two years, haven't it, Bert? It has, two years, lockdown, it, it was, was just, like say, chatting shit, and it kept us hobbying while we weren't allowed out of our front doors. And, yeah, we did, we put our money where our mouth is, and I think, what was it we said? A hundred plays in the first year we'd be happy with? Yeah, yeah, we were, like... Oh, if if we have a hundred people in a year, we'd be happy, right? If we get fifty, perhaps it's not it's not worth doing it. Yeah. But um, <clears throat> two years in, ten k plays to us that's mind blowing. To the point of uh, at some point, the pair of us are going to be getting tier three tattoos now, just to like commemorate the fact that we've got up to ten k. When we said we couldn't even do that in like what was it five years? We said we could never get. Exactly. I mean, there's football. There's football teams who have less attendances every month. So, you know. Exactly. Again, thank you, everybody. It's much appreciated. It's been absolutely phenomenal. And I'm so thankful that you guys uh, share your time with us. Absolutely. And uh, as part of that, with everything sharing-wise, as we say every episode, if you have anything you do want to share with us, or you want us to review, or you want us to talk about, or you want us to share your event, let us know. And you can do that Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. I'll let you read the email address this time, Jay. <clears throat> the email address is tier3podcast at outlook.com 
God, if I can remember it. Don't, don't ask me what the password is. I can't remember that. <laughs> that, I don't know what that is. If you want to get a hold of us for anything, whether we talk shit too much, whether you agree with what we say, whether you want to ask us questions, just go for it. Get in contact. One of us will always answer. If we're going to be do- talking about our links, let's talk about our affiliate link with Firestone Games. There's going to be a copy of it in our description as usual. And... If you guys don't know, which I'd be very surprised if you don't know, Firestone Games is one of the biggest friendly local gaming store that supplies a load of hobby hobby, uh, utilities. You need your brushes, you need your paint pots, you need your paints, whether it's for 40k, whether it's for AOS, whether it's for Blood Bowl. They've got everything. And even if you don't uh, collect Blood Bowl, there's something wrong with you, but they also provide bolt action. They also have trading card games like Yu-Gi-Oh, Pokemon, uh, Magic the Gathering. And I can remember Magic the Gathering because we were talking about that 40k pack when we... We were indeed. Yeah, so they do an all that and there's always something going on there. Whether you're in Swindon, whether you're in Cardiff or whether you're in Newport. Head to Firestone Games or even if you're nowhere near there, use our affiliate link to order from the store online. So I think that's... All that needs to be said about that, but don't forget we have a Discord if you want to join. We also have a back catalogue from printed players on there as well. So if you were looking for a third party team, that's our guy to go to. And because you're using our Discord channel, you get a little bit of a kickback then from that as well. So it's not as much as if you were going through through his Etsy or his normal uh, website then. So I think we've got all the plugs out the way now, Beard. What games have you played since we last got together? So since we last got together, I've had a grand total of one game because we're not recording too far apart. Uh, My one game that I played was a local league game against Ian. I always enjoy playing Ian. We always have a good laugh. We were a bit time constrained with uh, getting there on time and, and getting a game in before people had to disappear for work. And I managed to do not so well. I lost 2-0 to Queen Tatty's Bangers which is his Tomb Kings team. Uh, I didn't have any dead players this week, which was always a good start. But that's that's literally been it for me. What about you? Have you managed any games? I have played a game. It was a training game. One of the regulars at the club, his sister wanted to learn how to play. So I spent the evening teaching the very basics on Blood Bowl. That was in a five-on-five match. We've had, we had about three games, I think, just to, like, it was a breakdown, just let it go through, you know, nothing over the top. Use the simple manoeuvres you can use, right? And the, the, thinking about your tackle zones and stuff. I think she's coming back to learn more, so I don't think I was too bad a teacher. Always a good plus. But I can't remember the last game we talked about on here, but because I'm sure the last game we talked about was me versus you. So if that's the case, I had a game against Freddy, one of the new boys. And I think, if I remember rightly, I won 2-0. But I felt a bit dirty that that uh, game because I think within the first four turns, he lost about four players. He was a little bit outgunned, I would say, most of the time. So it was a little bit unfortunate, but that's the way you go sometimes. Sometimes I actually can roll my dice. It's amazing. And then, who else did I play? No, I don't think I said. I think he was. I was supposed to play Snape's uh, Sonotlins, but he's had to drop out the league. Other commitments. 
I think I, I think I'm doing okay. So I think I also played Ian as well, and I lost two 0 to him as well. So I gotta be honest, I like a Tomb Kings team, but I haven't seen a Tomb Kings aesthetic on a third party that I like. It's like I like the I like the Panga ones, but I, I refuse to pay Panga prices. Do you know what I mean? That's totally ridiculous. fair. And I don't know what it is. It's like some of the Tomb King stuff that I've seen as well that everyone seems to be raving about. Reminds me of, do you know, like the Iron Maiden guy? Eddie, Eddie the Ed, yeah. Yeah, right? It's like a Funko Pop version of him, and I just don't like it. All right, then if that's for you, you do you. It's just, it's too cartoony for me. So I need to find a good third part uh, team. I think what you're saying is, if Alessio from Grebo is having a quick sneaky listen while he's uh, printing and producing minis, it might be an idea for a future team. Wiley's printing the Hunter Halflings, is it? Exactly. The Snoo Snoo team. Death by Snoo Snoo. Death by Snoo Snoo. I, I will say this. I don't need a third Halfling team, but I want a third Halfling team. I, do you know what? I think exactly the same with that. Like, we're not, we're not paid to say anything about uh, Grebo, but I will say... The quality on what he shows is absolutely amazing. Yeah. And like I I've held off, you know, doing a second halfling team. Where because I was gonna do the um insane fling posse where I was gonna do them all as uh ICP clowns like. Well, I I can see a second Grebo well, a third Grebo team purchase for me in my near future, as the Obsidian Dust team has just gone into resin and it's oh that, that is lovely. Yeah, let's go back to what I was saying, right, before you start going on by your Obsidian team, right, is the quality of these, I nearly pulled the trigger on. It's so good. And the one thing I do love is his tree man. They look dangerous. They don't look like a fucking goblin dressed up in a shrub. Or they don't look like some fucking Playmobil version of something fucking angry. Yeah, they look strength six. Yeah, they look threatening, right? And it's a fucking good pose on them as well. Cause yeah. Like, you can see the detail on them. It's really good. And each player, even though it's not deadly serious halfling team, it's, you know, because they've all got their pots and pans and they've, they've got, like, little rabbits with them, right? It looks a good team. It's like, that painted well, because I know Johnny Wilkinson has... Uh, painted some oh my fucking word they look gorgeous and the way he paints as well it just you highlight some of those details oh it just popped out he, he's one of those painters where you look at it and you wonder why you started painting in the first place oh yeah he's done a cracking job but yeah those those halflings like i say i don't need a third team but i definitely want a third team but i guess i've i've said like in a giveaway i was like yeah they send them to me i'll happily have them can't say any more than that but, no. but you said you said before I cut you off and edited you out that uh, you were going to purchase the Obsidian Dusk team because that's gone into resin. Well, I was thinking the full Dark Alliance bundle, so it's got the uh, both the Dark Elves and the Wood Elves because that's two teams I haven't as yet got. It's a good idea, though, because like it's a good um, dual kit because they've got the same type of aesthetic. I absolutely love them. And I think the War Dancers, or what they call them, Blood Dancers in that kit. Yeah look better than the assassins so like you could easily just paint up the woodies and just use them as is dark elves as yeah. your assassins yeah amazing, but. yeah i've had they, they were the first grebo team i wanted 
I'm not an elf player. I've never played one game with elves, not even on Blood Bowl 2. But I still need one of every team for the painted shelf, which we'll come on to the painted shelf and what we've got through in a bit. But this team, I think this is where Grebo have looked at different bundles and they, they do the same thing for like Chaos and Undead and what have you, where they have crossover packs that cover more than one team. Yeah, I I think that's my next big team purchase, I think. I want to do, other than Tomb Kings, I like the Grebo um, Chaos Renegades kit. Yeah. That's a tasty one. That is really, really tasty. But I gotta work my way up to that. I got so many fucking kits that I gotta finish. And I set myself a fucking challenge this month knowing that we're away to a tournament up in North Wales and it's gonna take me long enough to edit this and it's gonna take you long enough to edit this as well because, you know, we've been away for a bit. We've got a catching up now to do, you know, a main segment where we're talking all the different tournaments we've been to. And then I like I put myself in the right old fucking pickle as well so how about we start there then we'll start doing our hobby so be it why don't you take us through what your hobby has looked like since we last recorded so since we last recorded which was not long after thread my hobby has consisted of clearing out a couple of shelves to make room for uh, more wallet burning i've had my galadus 3d printed savannah team through which listeners will remember we did a review on quite a while ago on kickstarter corner I've had them through and the models are just as good as the renders. They were cleaned up lovely. I got the base team as well as two extra hippos. Uh, not the hippos, two extra rhino guys. I also got the Lamon and Zumba add-ons. So I've got a chainsaw guy and a acorn stand-in. The, the kit's great. I've got them all undercoated. I've got all the bases done. I am the majority of the way through my first test, rhino uh, ogre. I am going to be ordering a couple more chimpanzees when they come to their online store when that happens, just so that I have the extras in case I need extra noblars. But that's literally been my hobby because I've I've hit a bit of a painting funk where I was rushing through teams just to get them ticked off, whereas now I want to go back to like I did back in January with my Chaos Dwarves and properly push my painting. I want to paint for the enjoyment of it. I've got these, yeah. I've got another team that I'm going to come on to reviewing, and I've got a 41 squig squig team from a friend of ours, uh, Seducer of Trolls, who I D&D with, and who I met in person at Thrud. Absolutely sound guy. I almost made him and his necro cry at Thrud. Don't give away any uh, spoilers now, Bert, come on. I won't, but it, it's thanks to him I earned a new nickname of the Smiling Bearded Dream Killer. That's going to be my serial killer name, we've all agreed. I thought he was here to claim there was child smashing after what you've done. Well, I did get booed out uh, booed out the hall at one point as well, but we'll come on to that later on. But no, my hobby has consisted of painting up one Rhino Ogre and doing a load of bases, so I should have the Rhino Ogre finished in the next couple of days and get some more progress then as I batch paint my way through things. But yeah, other than that, I've bought some Turbo Dork paints, bought some more Scale 75 paints, started expanding my Vallejo paints. I'm moving away from GW quite a bit just to try other ranges. I know we spoke about them and we've given these away as prizes, but I started using Artis Opus detail brushes as well. Not the ones that you've kept from the uh, tournament. No, they were they were they, they were they were given out. I didn't put any dodgy fakes in the box. Right, that's okay because like I don't want artists all but listening in and thinking that you kept a set, right? No, absolutely not. They were they were given away and talking about tournament. We'll come on to that in a bit. Everybody that got prizes from us was really happy with what they had. So, um, but we'll come on to that. But no, that's been my hobby. Um, most of my hobby was clearing out a shelf 
What about you? What have you got done this month? Right, well, mine has been a little bit weird. Well, I didn't paint for weeks because I, I too, was in a hobby funk. I was not enjoying painting. It felt like a chore every time I sat at my desk. And I think with the shifts I was putting in at the time as well, that didn't help either because life got in the way. I am um, in my second year of Warmer Plus as well, that Warmer TV thing. They've done something different this year, right? Where last year I had to wait a full year to get my miniature. And I thought, that's badass. This year they said, right, which one, which model do you want? And it was a choice between a Chaos Sorcerer for AOS and a World Eaters Terminator. I went for the World Eaters to- uh, Terminator. I would have preferred a Blood Bowl model, but obviously it's not the biggest draw for GW. It's the community that makes uh, Blood Bowl what it is. So GW better get a grip. GW better get a grip, in case they're listening. So I've got the Terminator by her. Absolutely amazing. And the one thing I like about this, it's based on um, a White Dwarf uh, cover art. Yep. From years ago. Years and years ago. Absolutely fantastic. And the fact that they've done it into a model is really sweet. So I can't wait to put that together. I don't even collect 40k. I'm quite happy to put that together. Just to say that I got it. And it's cover art as well. Like, you know. Sometimes you just want a model because it's a cool model to get it painted. Oh, it's- but it's fucking gorgeous, like, and it's just a just a think, right? If you could find the white dwarf, at, cut you know, cut the front off, and if you got that like painted, you could like put that in the back, put that model in front, and you're just like, yeah, that's fucking badass, isn't it? But yeah, I've done that. I've kind of picked up a few sets of AOS, and one of them being um, the Belco model, and. I've said since it came out, I want to pick it up just to paint, but it doesn't go with anything that I paint. I don't collect 40k, I don't collect demons. Part of my hobby funk was I was not enjoying my painting, so I picked up a model that I wanted to paint. But Dumbass Player, who never finishes anything, starts everything with really good intentions and then just drops off because he doesn't have the time, decided, I'm going to challenge myself. It's one model, it's a big model, but it's one model, and I'm going to... Paint that by the end of the end of the month. Dick anyway, I thought oh, I'd be clever. Put it, put it online. Yeah, oh, look, he can do it, can he? And everyone's like, no, no, he fucking can't do it. I've seen him, and I think everyone's a bit sore because I call them all fucking dinosaurs because of the square base. But I don't want to bring that back up again. So that's together. It was primed. I've had to order a few more paints because I'm wait for them to come, and then I can finish doing the rest of them. But it's I'm on track. I'm probably ahead, really, of where I thought I was going to be. I'm kind of hoping I would have done 99% of this model before we go to North Wales. Because it's the Maltese gauntlet we got, haven't we? So We have. Yeah. So that's going to be fun. And hopefully by then I'd have a painted Bellico model. On top of that, I started painting a Varengard model. And he was a bitch to put together, he was. I still haven't primed the horse yet. But where you said about the Savannah team, right, I kind of got intrigued where I was like, my usual basing is I just put a load of mud down and leave it as that. So I thought I'd, treat, I'd test myself. And it was a little challenge between me and you, wasn't it? Yeah. So I've done my like desert base for him. Kind of happy with it. It's something different. I want to get these done so I can do finish my basing. And then it's given me ideas for basing for my Norse as well. So it's really starting to feel well. A little bit of a hobby fire in me. So I'm going to be going through this editing as quickly as possible so I can get back to my uh, get back to my painting. And it's not often I say that. 
So I think that's it for me. And I think it's time that we start talking reviews. So Jay's absolutely right. We have no Kickstarter corner this month. We're going to do some product reviews as uh, there's bugger all in the corner and the well is dry. So we're going to have a chat about some things that we've had through, some purchases we've made, some things we've had that we want to sort of bring to the table. You guys know we're all about the community and uh, this is sharing some more things from the community. So I have one thing I want to review and then Jay has a couple of things himself that he's uh, brought to the table. So I'm going to start off with a 3D printed minis company called She Prints 3D. Um, I've recently purchased a high elf team from them on Facebook. And I will be honest with you, the quality is absolutely amazing. Much like another 3D printing company that we've spoken about before, they are very, very reasonably priced. I will say that the cleanup on these models when they turned up, I've not had to do anything whatsoever. They are ready to go on a base and ready to be primed. Detailing is fantastic. They take paint really well. The delivery turned up very, very quickly. There was a little thank you card in there for purchasing, which when you bought something, that's quite nice to have. They were really well wrapped and packed. I think I paid 30, 35 pounds for the team. That included delivery. And they were there within within four or five days. I spoke to them a couple of times on Facebook and they're really, really easy to communicate with. Completely get what you're talking about. So um, I've been in touch with them recently and you will be able to find them at a couple of events coming up. So there will be the Game of Thrones in Dudley on the 15th of October. So that's probably around the time this is dropping. And they will also be at Beast of the Beast in 2023 as well. And she was also at LGT, just gone. I saw some of the pictures there. It looks like she had a good uh, turnout for customers there. Exactly. She had not just teams, but she had some of her own company dice and dice cups as well, um, which looked really, really nice. So I'm looking forward to purchasing a couple more teams from her. I know you've got your eye on, was it the Oni Ogres? Yeah, yeah. I like the Oni Ogres. They look like... They got some cracking detail in them. But on top of that, they got Bob Bifford as well, haven't they? Oh, they got Bob Bifford. They've got even the Cabal Vision little table as well to go with the commentary team. Yeah, and i got to be honest, I'm really tempted for that. Yeah. I'm, I'm just like, that, that looks shit hot. I, I might... I might get my myself a little cabal vision duo. What well, all you do is give one a bit like green stuff a big massive beard, put more of a get on Bob, and then I could be me and you then doing our podcast in a miniature form. Then, and uh, you have to like green stuff a little microphone in front of him. And ah, no, he's cabal vision, isn't it? We do we talking into a fucking uh, crystal ball. That'd be fucking wicked. It would. I, I said to uh, Cyanide, I said, look, if you want if you want any voice work, how about Blood Bowl's second favourite uh, podcast duo? You know, let's, let's, we'll do some voiceovers. Down from the dugout, like, and a Exactly. Or whatever. And, yeah, we, we didn't get a response, but they don't want this. <laughs> but I will say, I still plug it. I, I, I want Blood Bowl 3 to come out. I want to be on Blood Bowl 3. I, I'll find a way of being on there. Just, like, say, like, look, this dumbass made it onto a a game or whatever same as like i said to a company look if you ever want to do was it like an add-on for a kickstarter if you if you could do halfling and a goblin with a microphone then you could say it's us i'm happy i want to be a second of miniature let's get let's get involved and on top of that i noticed well, she's got a third party boa constrictor and it looks beefy I like it. Have you seen it? I have, yeah. Like, to me, it looks a star player. But if you didn't want to use it as a star player, it's chunky enough that he could be a big guy. 
So if you wanted to do, like, I don't know, a slant team, but you didn't want to just have a frog or you didn't want to use a croxagore, it's a good alternative because it's got that girth to it. I can't speak highly enough about it, so I think there's going to be a lot of little purchases. But if you can get a hands-on a good-looking uh, Tomb Kings, then we can start talking proper. Like, from what you've shown me, good quality. But I also know she listens to the show. So thank you for listening. Yep. Amazing prints. And we'll be speaking soon. I think what we'll do as well, we'll put a link to her... Facebook store. Do that on our Facebook page. Yep. We'll do that. We'll make sure that people know about her. So that's absolutely amazing. I'm sure printed players won't mind us talking about another person. Like she got different uh, catalogue as well, and she said... Exactly. You could use the two. Anything else, bud? That's what I've brought, but I hear that you've got a few things soon that you want to have a chat about. Yes. First off, I got my hands on the Green Stuff World Arch Lamp. Absolutely amazing. Like, don't get me wrong, you've got to put it together yourself. So it's not a big, massive box. But once you've put it together, it's loads of space in you. Easily hobby and reach through. You know, it's nothing's interfering. Considering it's arching over your hobby space. And the top of the arch is proper head height as well. So it doesn't interfere with your view either. So it's not a small arch. But it, it's lush, i got to be honest. It's well worth the price of admission to use this for a little bit extra i'm sure they've got bone clamp as well so if you could angle it to take photos or if you live stream it'd be good for that because you could have it facing down on what you're doing but it's really good it's really bright i've shown you the quality of it there's a dimmer switch on you it's they said it lasts i think it's 7200 hours of leds on you and then you'll have to replace the strip it's a good quality i will say there's a lot of ventilation holes as well because if you've got it upright lights give off heat so there's a lot of vents to help with that easy to put together easy to take apart if you ever want to take it apart you've got the feet on it as well so it's not clamped onto your desk so you can move it about whenever you need to the only thing i will say if you're outside of the eu you've got to pick an adapter plug because it's only got the eu dual pin on there so you need to like have a converter turn it with a three pin if you're in the uk and if you're in the us that they've got a different plug as well and exists the amp wattage or whatever that's one thing i will point out but overall absolutely amazing anything you want to know extra about i think you've covered it pictures i've seen so far of what you've shown me the angling of all the leds as part of that arch means that you know there's plenty of light going in so not going to be much shadow cast compared to using a standard lamp no, and the thing is, it's not in the way either. Because like, if you, cause you've got it arching over you, there's a lot of arm space. So, you could, so if you've got your painting palette right in front of you, you can reach through without hitting anything. You haven't got a fear of bumping into it. it it's absolutely lovely. And I've been waiting for that Red Grass Games lamp. And I think this is probably going to be a better quality. Yeah, they, these could be brighter. They've got the duo lamps. You can move them at certain angles. But this is so much better because there's, there's no dark areas. You're not having to angle it stupid areas then just to try and check where the shadows are. It's a good light source on there. Like I said, I've, I've taken photos for you and you can see like Bellacore is standing in the middle. He's not a small guy and he looks tiny in the arch. So there's loads of space. If you were looking for a new lamp, I would say go to Green Stuff World. Shall we give these things a, a rating, a, a tier 3 rating or something like that? 1 to 5? 1 to 5? Yeah, we can do that. I'd give this lamp, I would say, 3.5 goblin heads, possibly 4.5 four goblin heads. What about uh, Sh- uh, Sheedy Prince quality, bud? 
she prints 3D, I would give four and a half to five star because every interaction I've had, price-wise, quality of the prints, even the little thank you card in there, it's all a five goblin head service. The other thing I want to talk about is I reached out to uh, Doc Miniatures. I found him on Twitter, I did. So if you look on our Twitter and our Facebook, I have linked his uh, website. He is making at the moment travel cases for teams. Luckily enough, after reaching out, he was good enough to send us a review copy of his case. And oh my word, but absolutely stunning. I think how he described it to me was he was fed up of the travel cases that were out at the, at the time. And like, you either got to have a really cheap and flimsy case or you spend a lot of money a hard case and some of them are like either too small for a full team some of them are too big but they were a pain in the ass right but this case that he made oh it's pucker it's about the size of a small laptop do you know like if you've got like a 15 inch laptop another ones yeah so it's about the size of that it's like a hard shell on it lovely to touch uh two zippers to open it up inside the lid you've got four zip parts so one of them is to keep your like rulers. You can keep your dice, your tokens, your loom bands, everything in there. Right, it's absolutely amazing. Good quality zips as well. It doesn't fall apart after like a couple of uses. But what I like the most about this case, other than the sturdiness on it, is the form inside. He advertises it as pluck form, right? But it's pre-cut, so you've got enough space in there for a full team of sixteen. Like, say, if you went just Lineman Norse or whatever, or Amazon's just come out, right? They haven't got a big guy or big girl. So if you went full 16 of them, right, you've got enough space for that. But on top of that, you've got enough space as well for big guys, star players. I think you've got, I think it's about six spaces for them. Like, you could even use, if you use the GMW card, you could even, like, take a spot for them. I found this. I found a spot that's big enough to hold the GW dice. I I've stuck in my full squad of Black Oaks in there, and I've still got room. It's absolutely amazing. It's thirty five pound, and I will say it's worth a hell of a lot more. I am absolutely amazed at it. If you are not looking for such a big case, I will say as well, they've got a case just for your star players. I think I will be going on there to purchase it because these cases are phenomenal because they're not two or three layers it's quite a low uh, depth on it but it's like i said it's wide enough that you could just slide into a backpack damn it doesn't like stick out so much so like if you were traveling on a, like a bus or a train like how we went to thread the other year yep other passengers they don't know you've got miniatures in your bag do they they just chuck all the shit on on your stuff right there's no fear of anything getting busted there's so much packing and it's so sturdy absolutely phenomenal we just said we we're talking like five five out of five four out of fives goblin heads or whatever well this is a eight out of five right it absolutely blows me away and if we're honest i've shown you what it can do and even you admitted if you didn't uh, have the charlie victor case through the kickstarter you would have picked this up yourself absolutely i i would have had one of those for myself if i'd not dropped over 100 quid on a, on a new case myself recently but for what i've seen what you've shown me it, it is large enough that if you wanted to introduce somebody to a game and told somebody oh, come down at gaming shop i'll bring two teams with me you could fit two teams in there you could put a bit of pressure on the case so like you know you lean against your case on 
uh, in your bag against a bus stop. They're not getting damaged. Like you say, it's pick and pluck foam in certain slots, so you can adjust the sizes as needs be. And the one thing that I do really, really like, you know me and dice, there's even a slot for the GW dice cubes. And that for me is, that's that's somebody who's, who's in the hobby that has designed a case that a hobbyist would use, rather than a games company going, here's a case. It's somebody who has practical use for it. Yeah, that and that's exactly it. It's a very practical case. And it's not practical where it's just, it doesn't look nice. It's absolutely stunning to look at, as well as very functional. Like I said, it's I've kept all the foam from it. So like if I ever transferred for my Black Oaks out of it to say, I finished my Norse and I took it, a Norse without a Yeti, I could fill my... Uh, my big guy spaces up again, and then I could just tip, pull out all the uh, the form then, just for the the line women and similar size miniatures. Absolutely phenomenal, and it's big enough as well and deep enough that you could lay down pump wagons on their sides, and nothing's gonna get damaged. It, it's amazing, and I know we're not the first to uh, see them. Cause I know they they are helping the the Welsh champions. And I know that our friend Alistair Pring has picked him up and he's said nothing but good things about it as well. So what I would say is have a look at this site. I will add it on our social medias again. Fucking phenomenal. Already busted our uh, rating system, I would say, because it's that good. Like I said, proper quality, good. It's a good, thick form as well. Sturdy protection at its best it is. And that's all I've got to say about it. I, I could probably spend another half an hour telling you how good it is. But um, I'd just be repeating myself. It's got the opposite effect of square base fucking dinosaurs. So, uh, yeah, quite happy with Albert. So, is that the end of the review section? I think that's the end of this review section. I, I think you're right. I think we'll uh, we'll go away and then we'll come, come back and have a chat about other things that we've been up to. Yeah, I think what we're going to do, but is... When we come back, we're going to talk about our event because we can and it's ours. So, of course, we're going to put that first and we can talk at other tournaments that we've been to. Hello, my friends. My name is Dan Kirby. I have a very easy to follow and very chilled out painted channel on YouTube where I paint miniatures of all different shapes and sizes. I paint miniatures from all different types of board games and by using simple tips, tricks and techniques, it couldn't be easier to follow along. If you enjoy a relaxed painting atmosphere, then please check it out. Right guys, we are back and in this segment now we're going to play catch up on our tournaments. I think it's been about four months since we had a tournament talk with you guys. What we're going to do is just catch you guys up on how we've been and what tournaments we went to. And the man that seems to go to every tournament one a month is going to be up first. So be Ed, tell everyone what's been happening with you but. So since we've uh, last recorded, I've done two full tournaments and I made a minute appearance at our own as well. So, and I've not done too bad. There's me bigging you up one a month, and then you just go. I've been to two tournaments in four, in four months. Really shot me down on that one. I get it. <laughs> well, I did June, July, and August. I haven't done one in September because I've had a lot on in September. You want the wrestling. I had the wrestling, yes, but I've got we've got one coming up the week after we are recording this, so 
we'll be back on the road then. Got one planned in for November, one planned for December, one planned for January. So like you say, it is one a month most of the time. But if we go back to June, so I made the long, arduous trek all the way from Cardiff to Middlesbrough using Megabus. And I went to play in CCC Bowl from the NE1 boys. Was it by the CCC? It wasn't quite by the CCC, no. I couldn't see the CDC or by the sea. I took my Lovecraft-themed Nurgle with me. It was three games in one day. I played Yodlugger and his Goblins, and I lost 2-0. Nice. I had a good chance in the first half to make a breakthrough, and my Pestigore fell on his ass and it went downhill from there. My second game, I played Glum, and they're Shambling Undead, sorry, and I managed a one-all draw. Nice. And then at this point, I realised that one of my teammates, because this was a team tournament, I put him in against Dwarfs twice. So I thought I'd best take one for the team, as I was team captain. And I went up against Giza666, and his Dwarfs, I managed to win 2-0 with Nurkle. Nice. I went 1-1-1. One, one, one. You went to a tournament that, one, is a team tournament, and two, you were voted to be captain. Yep. Right. Um, hmm. Yeah, not quite sure how either of those happened, but it did. My captain, my captain. What was your final result then? So my final result was scored three, conceded three, one win, one draw and one loss. And looking at the overall table, before um, I get onto the actual team, uh, I managed to finish a grand total of 18th out of 32 with a 1-1-1 one, one, one record. 1-1-1. One, one, one. Yep. I managed to score six casualties and take four. So I was in the positive on that as well. Nice. Coming onto the team itself then, so it was me, it was Chris from Black Oak Down with his Orcs, it was Sneaky Bacon with his Dark Elves, mm-hmm. and it was Chili with his Elven Union. Oh, you met you met our boy Chili, ever? I have met Chili, yes, and he is a chilled dude. Awesome, because I've only ever spoken to him on Twitter, and I keep, keep threatening that I'm going to catch him up at the tournament, and I never do. Yeah, he, I, I felt bad for him because his dice were absolutely awful. He usually had your... He, I think he took your dice. Probably, probably. Got to have had really bad luck if he took my dice. Oh, he, he didn't do so well. But in, in terms of the team then, we came second overall. We won most team touchdowns, so walked away with the trophy. Nice. And in terms of casualties as well... We were equal highest on casualty scored as well. Equal second highest on casualty scored. So we didn't do too badly in that, actually. No. It was a, it was a good weekend. I got a trophy for my trophy nice. shelf, which is an important thing. And, yeah, I got to stay with Chris. I got to, I got into some rather nice beer while I was there. I've got some in the fridge. If, uh, if anybody's seen or heard of it, Brew York Beer, give it a try. We might even start our own beer podcast eventually. No, I don't do that. Along with a long list of other podcasts we've debated doing. No, 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 no. It's not we have debated doing. This is you will ramble about anything and you expect me to record it. Get it right. I expect you to record it and edit it. Oh, right. Okay. Yes. Hmm. No. I, that was CCC. I had a really good time. I played Jason Sneaky Bacon in a test game on the, fr- on the Friday evening. Was it the Friday evening? Yeah, the Friday evening with his Dark Elves, and we managed to draw. 
we just took our time, had a good laugh doing it. And if you do see Sneaky Baker on the road, he is a very, very good player. He's very good with his Dark Elves. And what I will say at CCC is double assassins with multi-block, double stabbing for... Double stabbing because you'll have two block actions. Not bad. Very useful. No. Exactly. Something I'd not even considered, but it's, it's something that I might consider going forwards. No, that's actually a pretty good idea. I like that. So do I. That's very, that's very clever. Um, so before you carry on, then you played Sneaky Bacon, and he sounds like he should be a halfling coach, but he plays Dark Elves. Oh, he is a halfling coach at his local club. Oh, that makes total sense. No, then yeah, I was gonna say, I I wouldn't associate Dark Elves with the name Sneaky Bacon. Neither would I. But they're Dark Elves. They're they're a bit sneaky. So maybe he's like a dark elf corrupted halfling. There's a knife in the bacon. Exactly. There you go. Right, okay, so that's one tournament down. Yes. In between the tournament scene then, there was our event, which we're going to not talk about yet. Yep. And then your next one is quite a big one. Yep. It's a, it's, well, supposedly it's a big, big tournament. Um, I don't think anybody's ever heard of it, to be honest. No, no, it was... How many people turned up after? I think it was maybe um, five or six, plus like 105, something like that. So, not not too many. Mm, yeah, that's a very small turnout. Venue was yeah. far too large. So, like, you know. Yeah, yeah, a little, little bit of beer as well, and, you know, that made up for it, but, yeah, it, it sounds like an up-and-coming event, though, doesn't it? It does. It sounds like it could do with all the support it can get, to be honest. Right, okay. Then. Especially when they've got somebody um, like they have in charge of their donations for their auction. Christ. Oh, I, I, bet he's, I bet he's a slaphead weirdo as well, isn't he? What can we say? It, we, we've given it the grand introduction. It's Thrudball. It's it's the Glastonbury of Blood Bowl. I, well, okay. You, you want to call it the Glastonbury, okay. Mainly, mainly because a lot of camping, a lot of people are off their faces and, you know, there's a little bit of Blood Bowl at some point in there. So I went along to that this year and I decided that I was going to go along in a Tier 3 spirit like I did last year taking Halflings and I took Goblins this year. Nice. And I did not expect them to do what they did. So, as some listeners may know, or some of the people at Force Squad Chaos may know, they had a team event where it, it was totally voluntary and they just took the best four out of your team. Um, I managed to get some people that I'd met before. I managed to get some people that you know, we've spoken to online. I also managed to nab one of the well-known Blood Bowl streamers, Andy Davo, as part of our team. And if you haven't met him, he's an absolutely sound bloke. The way that my tournament went then, so I took goblins and you know me when I'm building teams, I like all the toys. So, you know, Chainsaw, Doom Diver, Hooligan, uh, Ball and Chain, Pogo, plus their own star players of Gaimir and Thrud for double Hooligans and double Balls and Chain. I went up against our pal Cryptic from Printed Players and his Snotlings, his Pokemon Snotlings. Did you manage to beat out another uh, couple of percentage discount on him or...? Did not beat him that bad? Yeah, I don't think I managed to get that out of him. I did get tears out of him, mind. 
I lost 2-1, but I caused 15 casualties in game one. That's good going, that is bad. Fair play. So... It is. Um, I couldn't pick the ball up for Toffee. I take it this kind of created a mindset for you for the rest of the tournament, did it? It, it did. I managed to pick the ball up a grand total of once and scored with it. Every other time I went for the ball, it didn't happen. However, when I seemed to hit anything with a chainsaw or a ball and chain or my two trolls, Dum Dum and Urg, seemed to hit anything, it made its way to the casualty box. So I think by turn three, he was down a wagon and a troll and it just went that way. I lost 2-1. You know, I... I Realised very quickly that not being able to pick up the ball means you're not likely to win. But 15 casualties put me in very good stead for the rest of the tournament in terms of most casualties. My second game, I played Yance. If I remember rightly, said she her first tournament was earlier this year at the NAF Championships. She brought humans. Nice. And I had goblins. And I introduced myself by saying... Welcome to a team that's going to struggle to pick up the ball, so I'm going to try and go for casualties if I can. And if I can get the ball, I will do. You perv. Oh, absolutely. I didn't pick up the ball. Nice. I lost 5-0, but I scored another nine casualties. Oh, that's a fair trade. Oh, it is. It is, at which point this is 24 casualties in two games. I didn't think my dice were going to keep this up. So I, I found myself sort of nearing the bottom end of the tables at this point with two wins and minus six touchdowns. I did get invited to join and play in Dimmerip, which is, if you haven't had a chance to play this, it's a Squad Chaos invented thing. It's Blood Bowl, but an inverted pyramid of four people get a go. The person who scores wins, the person who gets scored against loses, the other two draw. I thought, you know what? I think most casualties might be my way of winning some form of trophy that isn't the spoon. So I decided, you know what, I'm going to back out of Dimmerip. Nice. And I drew Mr. A, who I played last year. And he had Norse last year, and he brought his Norse again this year. New Norse with Valkyries. I had my goblins. And I think I upset him. I, I casualted another six. I lost 2-0, so... So what you're saying is... Norse were the glass armour yet again then, is it? Oh, they absolutely were. I could remove things, but they were they were, they were getting through and I just couldn't keep up with them. You weren't trying to either though, were you? Not when I realised I couldn't, no. But I got to a point of 30 casualties, minus eight net touchdowns by the end of three games and three losses. Day one, lost all three. Yep. A uh, grand, grand total of how many casualties? Probably like... 30. Nice. What was the closest one to you after you were 30 then, bud? So at day one, I think the closest to that was about 23, I think, which was Andy Davo and his dwarves. Nice. There you go, then. So Only, only difference is he was challenging near the top of the table and I'm challenging near the bottom of the table. Doesn't matter, bud. You're not looking at the top of the table. You were the wooden spoon warrior, by Exactly. Bottom of the table, but uh, you're bathing in a pool of blood bowl blood over there, but so it's really good. So, day one out the way, woke up day two with a slight hangover, bit of, bit of a chub in the morning, pitching a tent. Um, you're going into game four, so 
as I would with that then, is it bad? So game four, I played Titanium Boy, a young lad and his old man at, the, at a tournament together. His old man played Cryptic in this round, so that we were not too far apart tables-wise. And Titanium Boy had his underworld. So, another smashing for you? Uh, no, I managed to pick up a two-all draw, somehow. Mm. Again, against Underworld, I know. And how old was his child? Probably about nine. So you drew with a nine-year-old? Good going, I did. Like it. I'm trying to avoid asking this, but what was the casualties like? Um, another nine. Oh, I bet you should be on a fucking register. At this point, you're about the seventh person who's now said that. You are admitting to me and to everyone that's going to listen to this podcast, you smashed a nine-year-old. And then had the cheek then to draw the game with them. At the end of the game, uh, I had a chat with the Squad Chaos boys and invited Titanium Boy up on stage because I will say this, for having lost nine players, the lad did not stop smiling all the way through. That's what I like to hear. And there is going to be some Tier 3 goodies on the way when I can get their contact details from uh, Squad Chaos Boys. I'm going to get him a shirt and a couple of other things from us on their way because he took nine casualties like a champ. I've seen people take nine casualties and launch things around the room. So, yeah, you know, he he did exceptionally well. And he was even bragging to his dad that he lost so many players and he's still, he was still managing a draw. Oh, that's good going. That's... Uh, that's a kid that's got a proper Blood Bowl spirit by there. Oh, he absolutely does. You should nurture it, not smash it, though, but I will say. But Yeah, I felt bad about the nine casualties. Well, did you feel bad about that or the fact that you got booed out of the venue for about an hour? I can take the booing out of the venue, to be honest. That happens when I walk into the office. Which is like, our kid took a smash in, is it? <laughs> oh, my word, but... Right, so... I. After your uh, Chris Hansen moment, you had game five. Who was that then, bud? I had game five, and I had our good mate, Seducer of Trolls. I played D&D online with him. He is absolutely sound. He came all the way from South Scotland with his necromantic horror, which nice could have been an absolute savaging. But So we'll start with how the game went. What was the score? Uh, the score was 0-0. Interesting. I almost had the most famous troll in all of Thrupball history. Explain. Dum Dum decided he wanted to score. There was a goblin with the ball by the touchdown line. Dum Dum managed to work his way all the way up there without going stupid. He failed catching the handoff and then failed a pickup. So sadly, he lived up to his name of Dum Dum. You lived up to the fucking name of Dum Dum. Why did you? Why the fuck did you? Because how many people would be able to say they got a goblin troll touchdown to win a game at all? How many people fucking attempt it? Exactly. It's the tier three thing to do. Oh my word! Right. Okay then. So, nil nil. Necromantic. I'm guessing this person was older than nine years old this time. Seducer Trolls is older than nine, yeah. Right, that's all right then. So, less on the register then. Less on the register, but I will say that casualties 
stopped being funny in this game after turn four. Go on then. Admittedly, we didn't stop. We didn't stop laughing. However, there was a point where Land Rover, one of the Squad Chaos gents, and I say absolute gent, legend. Yep, he runs the auction at Thread, and he puts on a bloody good show while doing it. Uh, he's wandering round. I have just made a block, put a player on the floor. I have asked Land Rover to roll the armor dice, and I have asked Seducer of Trolls to roll the injury dice. And off disappeared another player. What was the grand total? Uh, another nine. Another nine. So another nine. This is turning into a cricket score now. Which, yeah, it it, it stopped getting funny in that game. We didn't stop laughing. Really? Are you are you sure that you know the fun ended in that game because he's from Scotland, so you probably couldn't understand him. Well, I don't know. He kept accusing me of being Welsh, so. So, not only is he hard to understand, he's an idiot as well, then. Well, let's put it this way. I have promised we're going to take him an inflatable sheep for next thread. So, we're taking him an inflatable sheep for next thread. He's got enough sheep running around Scotland, you fuck. Well. Is he going to listen to this? Oh, he's more than likely going to listen to this as well. And as I understand it, he's still getting therapy over what those goblins did to his necromantic horror team. Seducer of trolls, is it? Seducer of trolls, yes. Seducer of trolls, go fuck your own sheep. <laughs> Thank you. Phil sends the public service announcement for the evening. Exactly. So my la- last game, game six then, uh, I drew Vanique and his orcs. And at this point, due to my own health, I was flagging quite a bit at this point. I was struggling with a lot of decision making. I did manage another one-all draw, and I will say this. Thank you very much to Neek for managing to sort of drag me through the game a bit. There were times where my mind just went blank, and I I struggled to work out the basic difference between beef and vegetarian gravies, which, if you know I'm struggling, if I get to that point. Right, okay then. I managed a one-all draw. In this one, I took probably the most casualties in all of my six games, but I still managed another six casualties. Very good show, but very good show. So that's all you. That's all your games played. You've still got people throwing tomatoes at you for what you've done to that child. Yep. You. So you finished the day. Out of how like what we said, a hundred odd players. What was your final position? Uh, my final position: three draws and three losses. That's not bad with goblins that are. On a murder list as well, isn't it? It's not bad at all. So, are you going to start calling them murder hobos for next year then? Or are you going to retire them? I'm not. However, uh, Frank, the original founder of Threadball, asked me if I will paint a team up for the auction for next year. Nice. What I'll be doing, I will, and I'll be more than happy to do this, I'll recreate the Goblin Hit Squad. That I took with me. Nice. I will be painting them to my best ability, which will be looking like it's been finger painted in it with a two inch emulsion brush. I, I was gonna say, has he seen you has he seen you paint that? I think he might have done. And he still asked you? Well done. He, he still asked me, yeah. Uh... I I'll be recreating them. I will be donating my own 
two sets of goblin dice that did a lot of the damage this year. So anybody going to Thrud next year in the auction will have an opportunity to buy a recreated version of the Goblin Hit Squad. I'm recreating them because the Doom Diver that I have, his ankle is very, very fragile and he likes falling over a lot. I will be recreating it with a brand new team and I'll be bringing that for the auction. There'll be pictures in advance of Thrud go up on their website for the, uh, for the team. But I did. You better start when we get back from the... Uh this event now on the weekend more than likely i did walk away unsurprisingly with most casualties and to put it in perspective second place on most casualties had 35 i had 53 so you blew it out the water then is it just a little bit i don't think i will ever get casualty and removal dice at an event like that ever again you could say you uh, smashed it. Oh, you could. You could say I smashed it. But for those that were lucky enough to be there at the end and see the trophies, you saw my mug up on stage. I would like to thank... No, I'm not going to go into that. But no, it, it was a very enjoyable tournament. Again, if you get chance to go to Threadball, I would suggest it. And I will also say as well, if you haven't had a chance yet, Go check out Squad Chaos's podcast from this month because I have been on there chatting all things Threadball. And what I will say, is, and I said this on the on their podcast, they asked me what I would do to improve Threadball next year. And my answer is that I just wish more people could enjoy it. I wish more people could be there to enjoy the tournament that it is. You've been to a Threadball there's boys at our local club that want to do a third ball. I have. i got to be honest, I missed everyone this year. It's, I couldn't make it because of family stuff, but on on that weekend, it was really biting my ass the fact I wasn't there because I wasn't able to catch up with everyone. But, you know, things happen. But hopefully next year, we'll be there full squad, but... So, let's, let's talk auction, but... The auction was going on. That was to raise uh, money for charity. There were yep. two charities this year. And how much did they raise altogether? Across everything, there was just shy of £13,000 raised. And that was split £6,000 towards Mind, £6,000 towards the Roy Castle Lung Foundation. And Hef managed £950 with his Year of the Dwarf. Nice. So... And this was all people at Thrud getting their hands in their pockets to buy, you name it, Blood Bowl related, it was probably there. There was everything from teams, there was cases, we got to see the Charlie Victor Kickstarter prototype case. Nice. That shows you the kind of things that get donated. There was, I think it was a second edition copy of Blood Bowl, signed. A lot of people had their eye on that. Any dice-shaped anal beads? Uh, no dice-shaped anal beads. As far as I'm aware, with recent goings-on, nobody had wireless anal beads cheating at this tournament. Oh, you're talking about that uh, dice thing? That's amazing, isn't it? The, uh, the dice-cheating scandal. Because there's that, and then they said about the poker as well, didn't they? Oh, uh, you mean the chess one? Where it was like the, the young chess grandmaster? and like. Oh, yeah. yeah. Ma- there was a Magnus... Whatever Carlson or whatever his name is, yeah. Yeah, they're regularly cheating. 
because one person said there was something in his shoe because yep. he reckon he has a weird walk and then another person said no nah, he had anal beads up his ass." well as far <laughs> fucking mental as far as I know nobody had uh, wireless anal beads at, at Thread not certainly not for cheating at Blood Bowl anyway well I'll tell you what as well before we move on right people were trying to discredit that by going ah there's no way he could have had anal beads to tell him what, what to do well Two, two days after that statement came out, someone, some random kid on uh, YouTube, learnt how to three D print and do all this wiring and all that type of thing. Um, created anal beads that can vibrate to tell you certain moves. He done it. It took him two days to learn it, learn how to do it and make it. And he literally sat in a shop and he put it on, like on his on the seat, attaching his bum. So it was like a case of you could hear it because it was hit vibrating against the chair. You know, telling him Morse code, like move your, your bits. The guy, the guy got um, a win out of it. And he was just like, yeah, it is so easy that this guy could have cheated. So it's mental and we're still waiting for actual confirmation of what's happening now as well. And Like I say, as far as I'm aware, there was no wireless uh, anal beads at Thread. Certainly not for Blood Bowl. What people go up to in their own tents, you know. You crack on. But come on. That's got to be a desperate plea to bloody win. And I know there's some stupid money going on, but that's fucking mental. Like, there isn't enough money in all of Blood Bowl to make me want to do that. Oh, I'm sure I can find you a number, but we're not We're not going to talk anal beads anymore. <laughs> we're going to talk about proper stuff. So, like you said, there was a couple of, couple of things being uh, put up. A couple of teams. No anal beads, because everyone was fucking boring. Um... Uh, can can you tell me about what was it the top top selling team? So the top selling team was I may get the person who painted it wrong. I think it was lunch money. Was a rainbow painted elf team. I think I think it broke the record for highest individual thread item at the auction, and it went for I think about four fifty four seventy five. You know, if you've got that much to spend on a team, however well painted, you're a richer man than me. However, I will say I hope they are enjoying that team because that's one of those things that Oh yeah. Steve, Burton, if you're listening, you can pick your job now. It's been over two months, those prices, you know, they've they've settled in by now. Every item Steve sat next to me, couldn't believe how much things were going for. I don't think Steve was there last year at Thread, so this year watching his face as prices were going up was as entertaining as watching the auction nice and Land Rover still hasn't got the taste of peppermint out of his mouth having done two peppermint shots to add an extra 10 to 20 quid to an item nice as we said Land Rover ever the entertainer great auctioneer he'll be on homes under the armour before long ah, he'd be uh, on something grander than that but he's uh, he's awesome and he, yeah I gotta be honest Gives awesome hugs as well. But I think that's a little secret that I've just told everyone now. He does. So, for everybody that listens, we all know about Glow's hugs when you see Glow. But next year at Thread, go give Land Rover a hug and tell, tell him Tier 3 sent you. Yeah, hug a Land Rover. Exactly. I D&D with Land Rover and he is absolutely sound. So, you will see him out and about. He does the TO in at Thread so he doesn't get to enjoy the tournament. 
But well, that's why he deserves a hug. Exactly. But no, the auction was brilliant. Some of the some of the items went for a lot more than was expected. You know me and dice. I think I bid on almost every single set of dice, and I didn't walk away with any because they were going for silly money. There was dice from America, dice from Canada, Italy, France. There were individual sets of glowworm dice. You name it. There was there was knitted dice again this year. There were some unbelievable sets of dice that. I just wanted all the shiny rolly cubes and didn't get any of them. It happens. I've never heard a man have like a hard on for dice. I could I could literally hear your piece hitting the table and as you were talking about it. I don't know. I, I don't think I'm half as bad as Bim when it comes to for dice. But talking oh, of, talking of You Bim, can't you can't you can't say anything about Bim. Best present ever I've had is off him. It's absolutely amazing, and I cherish that. That's always in my wallet. So this so, this is why you keep talking about vibrating wireless anal beads. No, because you haven't got them for me, yeah. No, is he not? No, but it's, for him, I definitely wear him. He's absolutely amazing. He's one of the nicest guys in Blood Bowl. Oh, absolutely. Talking of Bim and what have you, Bim brought some of his products with him to... Third ball, he's making cabinets for dice and teams. Oh, nice. Yeah, he's tailoring it to different things, different wood, glass, perspex. He may be there next year. I don't know what his plans are at the minute, but if you reach out to Bim, I'm sure you can have a chat with him and see what he's offering. Talking to Trisman in the in the industry, Black Hawk Down, Chris, he was there again with not just dice this time round. There were slammer mats. I've got a set of these. I'm using them as coasters. He was there with mouse mats. He had absolutely all sorts this year. I just spaffed all my money on beer, so I didn't spend as much on the Black Oak Down stuff. I will say about I will say about Chris before you move on, right? That with him and the Black Oak, Black Oak Down brand, he is so phenomenal. He is amazing at what he does. Like we've seen some of the trophies. Like, yeah. Uh, what was it? The Sin City trophies that he did yep uh, the quality on that was amazing well I when I went up to CCC Bowl I stayed with Chris so I got to see the inner workings of Black Oak Down so I can't really talk about some of the things that were ongoing and projects that are ongoing but I did get to see some of the trophies that went to Eucalyptus Bowl in Australia before they went and I will say this the work that he puts in if you want a custom trophy they are well worth the money. Um, I don't think I'd leave his house if I ever went there. I'd be there snorting bloody dice dust and bloody chasing over the trophies. I gotta be honest, it, it's. I could I, I could have sacked off the tournament and just stand there watching things in process, watching like and having a look at just all the different dice that he's got stashed away, and you know looking at his ongoing projects list, which you know. If I tell you about, I'll be shot, but that's just going to Stockton. I was in Black Hawk Down HQ, and I tell you what, if you want a fully customised service when it comes to things like dice and what have you, you can't beat Chris. No. No, he is top. He is top dollar. That's all you've got to say. He's, you know, the most sought-after man in the uh, Blood Bowl for the accessories that he does. And... I can't, I can't speak highly enough of him because he does our dice for us. Yeah. And I've never had a problem. 
everything I've had off him has been absolutely amazing and he is one of the most patient people I, I will ever meet because he was having to explain uh, different steps to me when we were talking about uh, different products and that it's so like I said he's got he's got the patience of a saint so like if anybody is looking for dice or trophies he is the man to seek out also does quality display bases as well absolutely I've got one of them ordered on the way with a couple of uh, custom inserts so if you want display bases where you can have as many holes cut out as you need for your team Chris does a couple of different designs, so it's worth having a chat with him about. Yeah. And I've seen a few of them on the road as well that other people have, and it's like, yeah, I need one of them. Yeah. Definitely need one of them. All right, it's quality work. But, um, like, we'll wrap up the whole thread bit now. So, we donated uh, something to thread ourselves. We did. And do you want to tell everyone what we donated and then what happened to it so there's a couple of things we donated we donated a painted thread and a painted thread squig and they went for I want to say £75 and they have gone to Co-Wolf who's over in the Czech Republic I think Czech Republic changed their name a couple of years ago but it's, it's over in the Czech Republic and I offered to also add in a custom painted star player to that. So, I mean, talk to them as to what you would like. But yeah, our tier three painted models have made their way international before we've even gone international. Yeah, I I'm impressed with that that uh, somebody is like they were painted enough that they managed the manager. Yeah, let's ship that. So, oh no, mind that. I'm I'm just happy somebody bid on it. Never mind how much it went for, or it's going around the world. Somebody wanted to bid on it. That would have been embarrassing. Oh, the tier three boys have donated these two models. Uh, can, I, can I get a penny? No. Straight to the bin. Oh, oh, we've got to pay you to take it. Yeah, that that sounds about right. Um, I also donated three three t-shirts, uh, which went into different things, raffles and what have you. So there's t-shirts and there were player packs as well. Nice. So there are now officially some tier three podcast t-shirts out in the wild, and they are out. They're out there. People have got those to show off, or use them to come rags. You know, clean the cooker down with, you know, whatever you use a a, a, a rag for. But it's out there. Cheers, rag. Yep. So it was a very eventful weekend. Then is what you're saying, is it? I will say this: it's the one tournament of the year that. I will sit and go, I'm going to that. Nice. A year in advance. Aside from me looking at the World Cup, because it's a World Cup, third next year, I've booked off a couple of hours waiting for the tickets to go live. Squad Chaos will tell you more about that on their own podcast. But I've booked time on the day to make sure I get my ticket day one. I'm that sad. Yeah, we know you're that sad, but it's also dedication as well. But So that's awesome. Have you got any more tournaments that you need to talk about? I made a brief game at our own event which we'll come on to in a minute too but nothing that i've played at going back we we both have a couple coming up in the next couple of months that we'll be at so you'll see us on the road right then so what i'm going to do then is i'm going to catch you off now because you were you're going to waffle about uh tournaments we go into and that's content for another episode 
sort of naughty naughty don't give away freebies and I'm going to talk about the tournaments I attended while we've been away grand total of one so as you could tell I was busy on the scene and that was Star Player Showcase 2 which I will say absolutely amazing day down there it was down in Cardiff it was uh, Shep and it was a, it was a good day if you don't know what the um, the Star Player Showcase is you don't have a Star Player you don't have a Merc but you build your own Star Player out to your team which is a good is a good idea. It's very unique. You don't see it a lot because I don't think there's a lot of tournaments you've been to that have that type of thing, is it? No, where you uh, you have your own star player like that. There's not many that I've been to like that. No, right. So when I went, I took corn because I'm fucking stupid, um, and I made a star player out of my blood warrior, and I don't think he done too bad. He was being a pain in the ass, even though like I wasn't actually causing much. I would say damage to a team with all my other players. They he seemed to be in their smashing because even though they don't say they work together, Claws and friggin' Mighty Blow is still amazing. Right, let's put it. Just leave it as that. So I did corn. Which consisted of Bloodspawn, all the Blood Warriors, all the Corn Gores, and then made up the rest of the Lightmen. So, as you as you can guess, um, Frenzy really bit my ass a lot, and when Frenzy was biting my ass, just me generally rolling shit, bit me in the ass. So, game one, I played Hobnail and his Imperial Nobility and I was 1-0 up at the end of that which is rare for me because I, I don't think I've won many games with my corn. Game 2 I was playing Underworld Denizens and I was back to original original form. 1-0 uh, to the Underworlds there was no stopping them. Every time I touched them they were made of fucking rubber. So I could I could knock them down but they bounce straight back up. Really annoying when you can't get the uh when you can't get the uh casualties you need. Um I played Morgan Paul with his dwarves and that was a draw. So that was the end of day one for me. Uh I think I I think I was about eleventh out of twenty two on the day. So that's pretty good mid-table for me I, I don't normally get that high but then uh, day two was a bit of a, a bit of a shambles but that was because the games I was there for I well I couldn't roll very well so I lost 3-1 to Slan and that Orkster was playing them I should say as well so he really knows how to play Slan and he knows how to be annoying with them. I think that's the best way to play Slan is just to be annoying little bastards. But again, there's so much leap and when you can't break armour, it's just 
it's just nothing's gonna work for you. So that was that. And then game five, which I felt so sorry for this uh, this guy because I couldn't finish the game. And I'll explain that in a minute. So I lost two nil, but that's because I had called a game at half time because my little lad fell down the stairs and we needed to rush him to A and E because we didn't know if he had busted anything or not. So as you can imagine, I had to get from Cardiff back home and then straight down. So bit of a bad rush at the end of that day. I think I landed uh, last but one because I couldn't finish the game. But I felt bad that I couldn't finish the day for Dave and for the guy I played but I was a little bit well I say little bit as if I'm a heartless bastard I was a l really concerned about my son and it I well I was like a little bit tied up in that as you can imagine and I will say Dave reached out to me towards the towards the evening just to make sure that the little one was alright so thank you Dave that was awesome but that was it was nice to know that someone was thinking about uh about me as i was driving like a maniac up the road so that was my tournament beard bit of a bit of a shambles for me that was but uh you have days like that don't you you do you have tournaments that go that way and it's about as we've said before it's out it's going in with the tier three attitude and just enjoying what the dice throw at you and meeting people having a chat see what brought them to that event and uh you know see how their day is going because if they're if they're on the bottom table with you they're probably not having fun either so why not have a bit of a laugh and a bit of banter and break down the uh oh you've rolled a double one so did i uh, yeah i mean I'll next time i'll make sure to uh wrap my uh boy in bubble wrap so if he falls on the stage he can bounce i'm not uh i'm not nearly break a bone thankfully i will say for everyone didn't break any bones he was just banged up and bruised so you know that was a good outcome i think uh i think kids are made of good rubber and up until they turn into teenagers so i think he proved my point really well at that point so uh as you can imagine for a couple of days afterwards uh i was a uh, he must have thought that uh i had a uh, screw loose because i was a nurse i was nurse daddy for the uh for the couple of days after that. It's not the first time you've been called that. No, that's Windrum, that is normally. Oh, news daddy! Yeah. No Windrum, I'm not doing that to you in your tent. Yeah, that was my tournament. So, not much to say there. But we can get to talk about our tournament now. And now that I've just depressed everyone with the fact that my little Annette was in an accident. And this was our first tournament, Coop and Drake. Yeah, uh, and we had, I think, I think we aimed for thirty, and I think what was it? It was about twenty seven, twenty six turned up, because I think it was about twenty seven turned up, because you had to jump in. Yep. Because of one thing or another, people had to drop out. So I think we went down to about twenty, twenty, twenty four. Somewhere around those figures, yeah. Yeah, so I don't think we done too bad for our first uh, tournament. We had an amazing prize pool, so I need to thank the sponsors because we had quite a few. 
quite a few sponsors. We had Succubus uh, Studios. Succubus Studios, Gasbess Arts, Artis Opus, Felder, Printed Players. We had JB Fantasy Fields. We had Black Oak Down with Dice. We had Charlie Victor with some giveaways. Uh, there was absolutely loads of sponsors. And thank you to every single one of them because there were people that were at Firestorm for other events eyeballing stuff that was on our prize tables, looking at our things and asking, like, all these prizes? Yep. We had a table full of prizes. Yeah, I think we managed to get 11 prizes in total for people. So it was a good day. Everyone seemed to enjoy themselves. We we come away with a few ideas how to change it up for next one now, haven't we? So we're going to be having to put that pen to paper and sort that out soon because we want to get ahead of the curve again and, you know, lay down a very fair rule book in our eyes. But, yeah, it went really smooth. It wasn't a lot of muck-ups. Um, I think me trying to learn how to do score on the fly was the biggest muck-up. Catering was fine. I think we had a thank you from Firestorm as well because of how well the tournament was running. We were on time. We managed to keep, you know, keep the, keep it in the good box. But yeah, it, it was a good day. And like I said, everyone had a goodie bag. Everyone had, like I said, a dice in their bags, a free barrel because that was for the, uh, for the event. We managed to give away give away our goodie bags uh, a tier 3 goblin and a tier 3 halfling so everyone had something a bit unique so it was a good day and I want to say a big well done to Orkster who won our event and then proceeded to smash me the next time I saw him so that was enjoyable and what did you think of it Bert? I really enjoyed it I it was different being on the other side of the table. A lot different. Yeah, I had a couple of hectic weeks in the week up to it, writing everything down, and I'm sure I had something for this, I'm sure I had something for that, and then realised I actually had more than I'd originally planned, and yeah, it was... I I was doing things literally up until the night before, putting certificates together and, and what have you, and... It was what it was. It was a really well-run day between us and Firestorm. I know we mention them a lot, but if you are going to a tournament at Firestorm, it is a cracking venue. It's purpose-built for what they've done inside for the food's great, the beer's not bad. In fairness, we should, we should mention them because they are affiliate links anyway. You know, so. Absolutely. I mean, in, in regards to, like you said, there was a lot of prize support, but seeing people's faces when they turned up and... We're getting all these stuff out of boxes of we got this, we got this, we got this. It just it kept coming. People I think people spent as long looking at the prize tables as they did playing their games because there was that much stuff. Well it was nice to be able to provide that for everyone that turned up because I was I was front and centre on that day where uh, I was the first per- I was probably the first person at venue venue wise that they saw. I had to try and make sure everyone knew what was happening. I tried to free myself up then to be on the floor ref as well because I know sometimes with your 
with your health stuff as well. It's hard for you to get up and about as well. But I think it was so well organised. We didn't even have to worry about anything like that, really, did we? It was, it was good to be on the other side and seeing how it is running it. And then you you tend to appreciate a, an event more, I think, as well. I agree. You do. You, you, you see how much goes into it before and not just turning up on the day and, you know... Yeah, it 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 was good. It was good, and if anything, it's just fired us up to do another one. It has, which is good because I think now I can say because before this comes out, we're gonna have the information out there. We've been asked to be part of the uh, Welsh tournament series, haven't we? But we have. We are officially Welsh tournament series tournament organisers. There's a number of tournaments across Wales. It's not just in Cardiff. And there'll be more tournaments added to it as, as they crop up and discuss with with the rest of the organisers where you will get points for attending tournaments, playing, winning, drawing. There's all sorts on there for throughout the year. Yeah, we're going to uh, pin the post to our Facebook page so if anybody wants to read it there. But it's gonna be, it's gonna be very interesting because we get to promote actual tournaments here in, in Wales, so they're not all gonna be the same type of tournament as well. So it's not it's not like a cookie cutter. You're in the series. It's this way. You gotta set it up. So there's gonna be a bit for everyone. Whether it's like ultra competitive, whether it's gonna be you know i'd like a relaxed tournament it's going to be a bit a bit of everything so so far we've got the welsh nationals on there there's us kyrie's cup yep food bowl has been asked added to it yep christmas chainsaw massacre as well so it's good it's going to be good it's going to be a good tournament series to promote the senior wales like i've already said and the more eyes on wales perhaps we can get a few uh bigger tournaments looking at this as well like you know so it's going to be good all around i think but and i i just want to say a big thank you to shep for asking us to be part of it and considering we've been asked and we were like we're only one tournament in i thought that was a nice big boost for us as well so yeah it's so much I can say other than thank you. Thank you all. And thank you for all the listeners that attended as well because I was surprised how many I was surprised how many people listen to this uh, show. Like I said at the beginning, uh 10k is massive. We weren't expecting it and I still find it hard when we meet people, they say they listen and I'm like Really? We're just rambling? We just talk shit and you listen to us? I, I I still find that hard after two years. I know B is the uh, the podcast uh, diva, so he absolutely loves it that people listen to him. Well, somebody's got it. Oh, shush, you love it. You bask in our glory. Um, but yeah, that, that was an amazing day, and it's only going to get better now, because... There's going to be a whole series that's going to be spread over the year. And, like I said, we're we're going to be there. 
We're going to be at other tournaments and we're going to be just talking shit there as well. So, Beard, anything else you want to add, my boy? Uh, there's nothing else I can uh, think of. We've already mentioned about our social medias and our email address and our affiliate links. Yes. Well, I was chatting about a couple of other podcasts that you should listen to as well, including the new kids on the block as well, the Eye of Nuffle. Yep. And get the ref as well. You've got to talk about them as well because uh, they're our other Canadian brothers that we don't want to leave behind as well. And they are big on the tournament scene as well. And I'm going to try and get the feeders out to see if I can get them on the podcast so we can talk international uh, blood bubble bit. So, that's it from me. And that's it from me. And we'll see you in the next episode. You take care, everyone. Bye. See you then.